Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. I'll bet you there's a lot of people who thought they'd never say, Go, Jagmeet, go. Or go, Andrea Horvath, go. Yeah, it's more the Ontario legislature, not the, uh, no, I, the federal NDP. I but oh, Well, then it'll be uh, go, Andrea, go. It'll be go, Sarah, go. MPP Sarah Singh is the NDP MP, uh, MPP for Brampton, is the deputy NDP leader. She's going to put this bill forward today uh, for a vote in the Ontario legislature to safely reopen outdoor amenities in the province immediately. Mm. Um, and, uh, I mean, you know, the Conservatives have a majority in the Ford government, so I think it's nine uh, MPPs that would have to you know, cross the floor, at least right. vote against their own party in order to back this. But there have been a lot of people, a lot of chatter online and social media over the weekend of people sending emails and, uh, you know, social media posts mm. and messages to their MPPs, especially if they have a Conservative MPP in the House, saying well, it's time to stop this. Uh, and and listen to the majority of the Ontario science table and health experts across the province. You know, and for golfers, there's many of them who either, uh, if they have the financial means, they've joined a private club, or there are many, many options out there for mini packages and savings, and you can buy into programs where you get discounts on golf. And if you have done that, you know, I'm sure there are people who have looked into it to go, well, I just lay down X amount of hundreds or thousands of dollars to join us a membership, and now I can't use it. Can I get my money back? I kind of wondered, uh, you know, how the private clubs have remained affected by this, especially if you've bought in and you have, you own equity in the yeah, golf course, right. right? It's almost like it, it's part of your yeah. own facility and maybe not have uh, guests allowed at this point, but you'd think uh, as a private club that they might be able to open up through this um, and, you know, because their membership has paid uh, premium to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's someone not gonna <laughs> not gonna help the argument anymore. But uh, you know, the fact of the matter is, it's not just golf as well. It's other public uh, amenities, basketball courts, yep. skate parks, and tennis, uh, tennis, and cricket. They're talking about as well on this list. And you know, people who you know in Brampton, where Sarah Singh is MPP, say you know, you get a lot of people in apartment buildings. They can't just get outside mm-hmm. that easily and enjoy the space. And when you look at some of the Parks in Toronto and pictures from that over the weekend and active TO things where, you know, there's no way there was near the spacing going on there that you'd see on a golf course. The idea, of course, it comes back to the travel and, you know, a lot of people travel out of their own region to go golfing. And is that travel necessary during a stay at home order in order to go play a sport? I think if that's the messaging that goes on, that's the one that the, the doctors were worried about. That's one side of the argument. The problem is, the again, the wording that Doug Ford used last week of my buddies going for pops afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, and people were at the park and drinking, and there's no one there, you know, checking them on the way in to make sure that they're from the same household or uh, doing things properly and spacing properly, whereas golf courses are different that way. Well, look, I feel I feel bad for anybody who's involved in outdoor summer sports. Of course, soccer for the kids and baseball and all these things. But you know uh, who I feel really bad for is my group, the group I founded about five, seven years ago. It's called Orgies in the Park at Dusk. <laughs> we would gather big, big lovemaking <laughs> sessions. We haven't been able to get together forever. Now, Lucky, you went through the adventure of having a roommate in university. Yes. Do you look back on that uh, fondly, or do you look back on it and think, 
Ugh, I never want to do that again. I look back at it as a very good life experience. Oh, yeah? I really do. I, You know what? I was one where, you know, when, when I was applying to schools, I was told, go away. Like basically, my parents forced me. <laughs> Your dad said that to you uh, from the time of about seven or eight. Yeah, pretty much. Go away. You're getting far away. Go uh, away. From, no, he was serious, though. I wasn't allowed to apply to anything within, like, driving, like, a short drive. He didn't want me home or living at home and going to university. So yeah. it's, it's a different experience. You have to be immersed in it. And, and I'm thankful for it because you get there... And, yeah, the first day you're on a floor with 50 dudes in a dorm, and uh, I had a roommate. Uh, we had kind of a, like a split prison cell mm. uh, where you could you could kind of slide the door and, and close. It wasn't like, you know, the two beds sure. right there in the middle. Um, but, uh, but, you know, you had to get used to that experience of having, you know, people around you all the time, you know, didn't have your own bathroom, and uh, and then we ended up moving into a house with uh, four or five of us for you know, the next four years as well. Yeah, I I couldn't imagine living with strangers. I I didn't even like when I was a kid and I'd get sent to cub camp and I had to share a tent with a bunch of other guys. They weren't strangers after a while. You kind of got you know you, the first initial getting used to people mm. was was certainly a different experience. Yeah, yeah, everyone's got their quirks, right? Yeah, of course. And living with young dudes, you know, they're not the most. Uh, Hygienic. No. People in the world. No. Uh, so people were asked about odd things their roommates have done, things you've caught them doing. Someone found their roommate lying on the kitchen floor making snow angels. Drugs would be involved <laughs> okay. in some way. Uh, when they asked why, he just said he was getting himself dirty before he took a shower. It's scary that the dirtiest place in the house was the kitchen floor. Right. Uh, someone got home from work early and found their roommate playing video games in nothing but tidy whities and a motorcycle helmet. <laughs> Good luck. Playing <laughs> some excite bike. Yeah, that's right. It was, it was a racing game, they say. Uh, I caught my roommate pouring a giant pot of beans into the toilet. Ugh. Mm. In a place with two showers that weren't being used, someone caught their roommate washing their hair in the kitchen sink. Without taking the dirty dishes out. See, these are the things I'm talking about. Hygiene-wise. Right, yeah. I would... I would. Uh... Although, I mean, it is kind of an experience. Because if you've only lived in your own filth, mm. right, and then you do take on a partner <laughs> and have someone move in, you've really got to learn what, uh, what you like and don't like and what you need to do to keep things clean, too. I would live in a cardboard box, I think, <laughs> before I had to share... <laughs> Sleeping, even just the idea of closing my eyes and going to sleep with a stranger in the same room. Really? It's just all too weird to me. Um, oh, by the way, the person who was washing their hair in the sink with the dirty dishes was also naked. Oh, yeah. Uh, someone said, I walked into my roommate and uh, the roommate's girlfriend was shaving his butt for him. That's weird. Yeah. A woman caught her roommate using her dryer to dry off his junk. <laughs> As the co-ed dorm, obviously. Mm-hmm. Maybe give him a razor. Things a little clean it up. Uh-huh. My roommate would occasionally sleep in the fetal position, but upright on his knees, so they nicknamed, nicknamed him the snail. <laughs> <laughs> and a guy was caught licking a plate clean and putting it back in the cupboard. Ew. Did you ever uh, notice in the middle of the night any of your roommates early on being like, homesick and you hear them kind of blubbering into their pillow in the middle of the night you ever no, hear that? no we had one that was a phone hog like like oh, yeah he had a like an out-of-town girlfriend and so like late nights 
like hours and hours oh, spent no. just like, shut up, man. Oh, no. <laughs> the sweet nothings yeah. that would go on. Uh, oh. We had that. The, the, there was always the dish people. The ones who uh, who wouldn't do their dishes and mm. clean up after themselves. I think we resorted to a garbage bag on the bed once with all their dishes in it <laughs> <laughs> just to get the message across. wonder if the phone hog ended up marrying her. <laughs> I don't know. Probably actually. broke up after university. <laughs> all this opportunity wasted. Pining for some nothing girl. to talk about when they got together. Weezer. All my favorite songs are slow and sad. That's going to be the name of my autobiography. <laughs> slow and sad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite slow and sad song, Lucky? One that gets you choked up whenever you hear it? Uh, I can think of my off my head right now, no. I'd go with the dead Pantera Kennedys. walk. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Fairies wear boots, black Sabbath. <laughs> I'd probably go like Eric Carmen all by myself. Ah, That's a good tearjerker. You know what? Uh, Eric Clapton's Tears in Heaven. Yeah. One that always uh, got to me, and the story behind that, of, of course, course, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were just talking to Teddy Reader earlier uh, about uh, his uh, love of peanut butter and celery sticks. Yeah. And uh, then I came across this, snack foods that taste better when paired together. You know, all snack food is amazing. Mm-hmm. But when you take, like, uh, for example, uh, chocolate and peanuts, you know, you get like an O'Henry bar, right? Or right. Or you mix them up yourself. Popcorn and chocolate supposedly goes together nice. Popcorn and chocolate. I guess it's melted chocolate maybe you'd put on the popcorn. I, I would think so. Yeah, yeah you, like you dip it in chocolate? Maybe, yeah. Chocolate and marshmallows, of course. It sounds like people are just looking for vehicles to put chocolate into their mouth. Cookies and cream. Right. Peanut butter and jelly. Uh-huh. Peanut butter and apples. Never, never liked fruit in anything. I like fruit. On its own. Right. I'll eat an apple. I like grapes. I don't want them in salads. I don't like fruit mixed with other things. It's like I don't like, say, like, although I do like a blueberry muffin, but I don't like, like, banana pancakes and this kind of stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's funny because, you know, we watch a lot of, like, the Food Network at home, and they'll they'll talk about how you need texture differences. Mm. And that's what I don't like. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah. Why do I want to be having a salad and some crunchy craisin is in the middle of it? Is it putting walnuts inside and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Uh, cheese and crackers, of course. Oh, that's a good one. That's a great snack. Remember those little uh, little ones that you'd peel back and get the red stick? Yeah. Oh, yeah, my sister used to torture me. She'd take crackers and load up tons of peanut butter on them, eat them, and then come and breathe on me. It's so gross. <laughs> uh, chips and salsa, of course. Chips and dip. Right. You know. Oh, so good. Chocolate and peanut butter. Yes, of course, a classic. Any snack food is a good snack food. Yeah, it seems to me like chocolate goes well on its own as well. Mm. So the, 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 kind of the fault in that survey is it like things that taste better when paired together. Chocolate just seems to taste good no matter what. We're just never happy. Right. That's the problem. So we have said this for some time. When this vaccine is finally in enough arms and we can all get out there and do our thing again, it is just going to be a hump fest. It is going to be out of control. People have been locked up and locked down, especially single people. Right. You know, Match.com spoke to a bunch of single people about their plans for the summer, and almost all of them say they are going to put themselves out there as much as possible. Wow. Yeah. Just carry a portable bed around with you. <laughs> get at her. Now, some say they want to find a serious relationship, meet somebody, and, you know, get into something, settle down. But uh, the majority, almost all of them, saying, no, they're just looking for sex. Oh, really? They just want to hook up. Yeah, you would have thought that, you know, maybe you know, there would be an end goal of 
you know, the next pandemic, not spending it alone. Mm-hmm. Although we hope we have all shed our mor- this mortal coil by the time another yeah. pandemic happens. One can hope. Uh, and almost all of the people say, yeah, they want to get it on with somebody this summer. <laughs> <laughs> you got your two needles? You want one more? <laughs> now, uh, summer officially starts on June 20th. Right. But for many of us, like once we get into this kind of stuff, I think like once the kids can say jump in a, a pool or, you know, you can eat outdoors, have a barbecue and eat outside. Um, summer starts. We don't need the official, uh, you know, science and uh, calendar people to tell us. Just get out there and enjoy it. It's just a short-lived period of time. Yeah. It's funny with the eating outdoors, though. You know, we all have our table sets outside. And do we ever, like, how often do you barbecue and then everybody goes outside and sits there and eats? Hardly ever. Yeah. I mean, maybe at the cottage you do it because it seems like a thing. Yeah, but then there's buggy time. Well, it's always and, a yeah. problem. It's always, you know, we'll have, when we used to have people over, you know, we'd, we'd put out food and snacks and stuff uh, out in the backyard. If you're, obviously, if you're camping, yeah, that'll sure. happen more or, you know, trailer, RV, right. that kind of thing. You tend to barbecue and eat outside just because there's not as much space yeah. inside. If we have people over, yeah, we'll we'll barbecue and we'll eat outdoors if the weather is is nice instead right. of all because everybody's kind of probably wet from the pool or whatever. But you put snacks out and we got to get these uh, mesh covers, otherwise it just turns into a bee and fly fest. Mm. You know, it's a lot of pain, a lot of work, a lot of first world issues. Yeah. <laughs> People around the world starving to death, and we're complaining because some flies got on my hamburger. Right. Uh, Ricky Schroeder. Do you remember Ricky Schroeder? He was, of course, best known for Silver Spoons, that mm-hmm. sitcom in the 80s. I, he was also in NYPD uh, Blue or something at one point. Yeah, he was in one of those cop shows. Yeah, yeah. And now he's just playing the role of uh, a-hole uh, <laughs> as he was at a Costco in Los Angeles and decided he didn't want to wear his mask anymore. Now, in the U.S., of course... The CDC has said, yeah, if you've got all your vaccinations, you're good. You don't have to wear a mask anymore. There are still some places that, you know, planes and inside of some buildings and private property. If private property wants you to wear a mask, then you got to wear a mask still. And I guess Costco in California still wants people wearing masks. And he's just got all upset and went off on some young guy who was working the front door. Yeah. And he's demanding now that he gets his Costco money back, his, his cost for his card. We actually have some audio of him at the Costco. Was that him? That's him when he was a kid in a movie called The Champ, right? With him and John Voight. Wow. But you also found out he's uh, being an a-hole for another reason. Well, yeah, when you, you know... Talk more about Ricky Schroeder. He's one of the one guys who uh, helped to post bail for that Kyle Rittenhouse dude. Remember, he was the one who took an AR-15 to the right. Black Lives Matter protests. And he's helping this guy out. He, he helped post bail for him, yeah. Crying out loud. Yeah. Ricky Schroeder asks everybody who was a fan. He says, all my fans should do the same at Costco. How many fans? There's more people in this room <laughs> than <laughs> Ricky Schroeder has uh, fans. <laughs> tell you what he uh, to take it out on a, a guy who's just doing his job. Right. I know this is the problem, right? Show you where you can put your silver spoon. It is time for a chat with Teddy Reader for Holinda's Meats. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Craigie. Good morning, Lucky. Morning, Ted. How are you? 
living the lockdown dream, brothers. You certainly <laughs> are, my friend. Listen, and I can tell you are, because the thing with Ted Reader, if you've been a listener long enough, you know some of his grilling is so elaborate. Some of the things he comes up with are so impressive, so unique, so different, so out of the box, and nothing is more of an example than that, of that, than the photo I saw where Teddy, take a second to believe this, took a celery stick <laughs> and put peanut butter in it. Teddy, how long did it take you to hatch that one? <laughs> oh, man. It was an all-day affair. Right. <laughs> so what's I the... tell you, first, it was picking the celery. That was the hardest part. Sure, sure. You know, you got to get it to be, it's got to be the right texture and super crispy. And then you got to make sure you clean it so you get all the dirt out of it and it's nice. And then you got to dry it because if you try and put the peanut butter in the celery when it's wet, it just slides right out and it's a whole mess. <laughs> Ants on a log, like the, yeah. uh, the, the classic. <laughs> Oh, is that what that is? Raisins? Yeah, you is put that, some raisins on top. It's it, ants on the lock. It's a classic snack for sure. Now, could, could we grill that, Teddy? Could we actually put that celery and peanut butter on the grill? You could, but, you know, celery grilled is kind of yuck. Okay, well, then we would. Let's just put it in plain and simple. Okay. But, All right. you know, do you know what's coming up this weekend? What? Well, it's the May 2-4. Oh, right. that's right. Well, you know, with lockdown, who knows one weekend <laughs> to another what, what anything exactly. is anymore. Well, it's just well, Groundhog Day. Well, before we get to that, I did see another photo, and we'll talk about May 2-4 grilling, but um, you had another photo, a, a beautiful shot you took of you uh, firing up your charcoal. And I, I used my charcoal grill over the weekend, but I find, Ted, I'm never feeling like I'm getting enough heat off the charcoal. Maybe I'm not leaving it in the uh, the chimney long enough. When I light up my charcoal, should I let them get all completely white before I turn them into the grill? Or should it be a mix of uh, black and white? Because that's kind of what I'm doing right now. But when I put my hand over top, it never feels like there's enough heat coming off of them. So you got to let that, when you when, if you're using a charcoal chimney. Yeah. You want to see some of the flames coming off the top. Okay. And the edges of the coals are getting nice and, and glowing red. Okay. And then when you dump that into your into your grill, what you're going to need is you've got to let the, the air get moving around that and let it, all the coals need to get white hot. Okay. So you want them super, super hot, but you don't want to have any flame. So it's all about just waiting the patience, mm. just chilling out, have a sip of beer, and wait till those coals get super, super hot. Yeah, because I'm always worried that I'm going to wait too long, and then I'm going to be on the other side of the heat. So I should spread them out and leave the lid open, yes, and just let the air get Well, I wouldn't spread them out. I keep them in a nice clump, like on, let's say, one half of your grill. Okay. And if you're you're using a a kettle, you might have a basket that you can put the hot coals into. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you can maneuver those around the grill if you need to and, and makes life a little bit easier. Okay. But it's really waiting for that coal. And, and, and there's a big difference between using lump charcoal and using uh, briquettes. Okay. So I don't know which one you were using. I, I was using actually a bag that I, got, uh, that I bought off of you up at the joint. It was a, it's the hardwood charcoal. It's the lumberjack. Oh, yeah, 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 the Argentinian. The, yeah, the lumberjack guy on the front of the bag. Yes. Yeah whatever, yeah, whatever that one is. But it's really good. I mean, it, it cooked great. It just didn't feel as hot as I thought it was supposed to. So. Well, no, you, you've, it, it's all about learning that patience, man. And it's, you've got to just chill out. And that's the biggest problem for people when they come to working with charcoal is knowing when it's at its level. I always look at it this way. If you can hold your hand over the coals from the top of the grill and you can go six inches above it, mm-hmm. if you can keep it there for about three seconds, you're nice and hot. Okay. okay. If it's there for 10 seconds, you're not hot enough. Okay, very good. 
Good trick. And Ted, for those who have, uh, I mean, you talk about taking your time and patience with it, but those who have uh, have not had the experience of of watching you grill at a Rock Your Block or one of our events, they've missed out on what is really the signature moment of Ted starting his grill (laughs) and that the blowtorch when that comes out. And it's it's really something that people can use at home too if they want to fire things faster. Yeah, it's called a, I use what's called a weed dragon, and there's some fancier things out there, but uh, the weed dragon was for burning up the weeds in your patio or on your driveway, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And it, I hook it up to a 20-pound propane tank, and then I give that charcoal a good hot blast, and it gets it going right away. And then if things get a little bit too cool on those coals, you know, you hit it with that torch and just give it an extra boost, and it brings you back up to temperature. Beautiful. And those are just little tips and tricks that you you find over years and years of working with coal. That uh, if especially when you're doing a, an event or a catering event, you got to keep your your coals nice and hot. So that torch really helps keep things uh, moving and rocking and rolling. Beautiful, Teddy. Listen, we'd love to talk May two for a weekend, but we kind of got sidetracked there. Let's do it on Wednesday. All right, let's talk. May all right, I want to talk burgers because okay. yeah. May two four is all about burgers. Okay, we'll do that on Wednesday for sure, Ted. Sounds like a plan, boys. Have a super week. Be safe. Enjoy the weather. And make it tasty. Rock Mornings with With Craig Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.